Anyway, so tonight, um, so in March, we're going to have four messages. <clears throat> yeah, we may stretch a, a fifth one in there, but um, we're talking about lo- how do we love God. Yeah, and I've been, so I just came back from a, a trip to Kona and then Kauai, and then, um, and I was reading over uh, the first book in Thessalonians, yeah, to the Thessalonians. And I was reading, and I was like, man, this would be an awesome book to go through. So I was always thinking about loving God. And then I was reading this book, and there's a section in this book where Paul says, about loving each other, I don't have to teach you because you guys have been taught by God how to love one another. And I was like, man, that's awesome, you know? And so um, so the next four weeks, we'll talk about how to love God, and part of loving God is loving others, and then we'll transition into loving others. But... um, let me set a little bit of context for you, okay? So, if you guys look up at the screen, uh, you guys see uh, Thessalonica. It says Thessaloniki, but um, it's kind of like uh, like a coastal village, um, high commerce. A lot of people traveled then by boat, yeah? And so there's just a lot happening and the, the amazing thing about Paul, so Paul went, the first time he visited this church, I think he visited uh, maybe three times, yeah, in his three different journeys. Um, uh, but the first time that Paul went, he went with his disciple Timothy and his co-laborer Silas, okay? So they're going on a mission to take the gospel. Like they heard the, the Great Commission, right? Paul didn't hear the Great Commission, but in his conversion, right, he meets with the Lord, and Paul is on a mission, yeah, to, to go and tell the world, yeah, that Jesus came back from the dead, yeah? Like, what was the message that he took? Hey, there's this guy, Jesus, yeah, who was a, a normal guy, but then he wasn't normal. He was actually the Son of God. Like, he was the Messiah, the promised Messiah, people are talking about in the, and a, a lot of Jewish people didn't understand and, and still didn't believe that Jesus was actually the Messiah. But Paul took this message out that he was son of the living God. How so? Is that he died, yeah, was crucified, died, came back to life three days afterwards, and that risen Lord visited Paul on the road to Damascus. So Paul took that message out to the world. He's like, hey, there is hope, yeah, after death. That there is, um, that, 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 that when we um, stop breathing here and our heart stops beating here, that's not the end of the story. Yeah? Because he was encountered by the living God. Yeah? And that radically changed his life. And that was the simple message, really, that he took with him. So you want to know what the remarkable thing with this book is? Paul, Timothy, and Silas were only with the Thessalonians for three weeks. Like there's a lot of other places that he had visited. He stayed a little bit longer. But he was only with these people for three weeks. And in that short amount of time, faith, faith was birthed and rooted. And that rooted faith suffered uh, 
trial and persecution early and sustained the hardship. For me, that's remarkable. Like, just coming into a place, Paul, Timothy, and Silas, just preaching and loving and preaching and loving and hanging out with people for three weeks, and then under persecution, they had to leave. But what they had planted, God watered, and it got sustained. You know, like it didn't have to take a long time. It didn't have to take years and years and years, you know. It was this little moment in time where they were visited by these three guys and they had never heard the gospel message before. I mean, think, this is unchurched. Like a lot of people think, how many of you guys think that this, the world that we live in right now is pretty ungodly? Yeah, I think about that all the time. But you got to think that in this time, it was way more ungodly. The whole world served idols because they didn't know about the living God, right? I mean, it's crazy. And so these people had, I mean, the concept of Jesus was like foreign, but there was a Jewish community there. And so they started preaching to the Jewish community and they didn't, Paul guys didn't get received well from there. And so they turned and started preaching to Gentile people, which are like non-Jew people, which is like everybody else, okay? And, and they started to find people who were interested, people whose hearts were open, yeah, people whose, whose minds were open, and God came and planted in their hearts this word of hope, this word of faith. And it's, and it's something that you guys attest to. It's something that we attest to, that we all here understand that God is real, you know? That God is real. How do we know? Well, well, he's, he answers my prayers. You know, like I talk to him, he talks to me. And if you, if you say that to somebody who's not a believer, they'd be like, what? You're like, you're, you're smoking something, you know? Like you should be living like Pa'iyo or Haiku or something, you know? Like this like new age thing, like, <clears throat> you know? But, but it's not. We're, we're, we're of sound mind. We're not on drugs, at least I think so. No, no, I'm joking. You know, um, uh, God has deposited in us awareness of who he is. And we cannot take that lightly. Amen? These guys received the word in such a short amount of time, but they received it like it really is real. Paul came and he said, hey, God loves you. And they're like, how do you know? Well, just recently, this guy Jesus showed up, said some ridiculous things, but made some claims that we're still wrestling through today, but he said he's the son of the living God and nobody comes to the Father except through me, that he's the, the bread of life. He's the light of the world, you know? And then Paul's like, and that Jesus came back from the dead, ascended into heaven, and on my way to kill his followers, he came and visited me on the road. But that's no more different than our lives. I mean, we may not be persecutors of, of Christians pre, pre our conversion, but we're idol worshipers. You know, 
pre us coming to know the Lord? Like, even while we know the Lord, there's always things that are pulling, pulling us away from the Lord and, you know, to the world. So, anyway, so that's a little setting, okay? So this church, un, you know, I mean, this, this area, unchurched. Paul, Silas, Timothy show up, start preaching the gospel. Some people receive it. They get implanted, this seed of faith. Yeah? And it comes in, in this time of tribulation and, and struggle and persecution. And we'll talk about that next week in chapter 2. But it, it, it takes root, you know? Like today, I just planted my, my second tarot patch. Bro. Yeah. I did one years ago. And Blair guys remember? That's when Blair guys was, no? You remember? Oh, in my yard, yeah. I only got five. It's like that big. Like what you watch. Oh, no worry. Going to be action. Uh, drive, but I'm going to have them on sprinkler. Sprinkler timer. Like, but I only get three. I mean, there's only five. It's like that big. But you watch. You guys, you guys are going to hear about tarot in the days ahead. But, Kalo. <clears throat> it, took, it took root, okay? This word was planted and it took root. And in a short amount of time, it bore fruit, okay? All right, so let's get into it. You guys ready? Um, I don't have my ESV tonight because I don't know where my Bible is. So I'm going to read uh, New American. Okay, I read ESV. Okay, you guys ready? Ready? There's only, there's only 10 verses, okay? There's only 10 verses, but we're going to get... We're going to learn about loving God in just these, these 10 verses. You guys ready? You guys ready? Okay. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, uh, Silas, Silvanus, yeah, and Timothy the, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, grace to you and peace also. Amen? Always over. Okay. Uh, verse 2. We give thanks to God always. Uh, for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, yeah? Which is awesome. Like, Paul is thinking, like, I give thanks, yeah? Like, I feel like I haven't been to Monday night in a while, you know, because we didn't have Monday night in a while. Like, I'm like, man, like, seriously, the last time you were here was probably the last time I was here, you know? So, like, it encourages me, like, when I'm here. But even when I'm not here, I'm thinking about you guys, you know? Like, Logan today, you know? Like, showed up at Logan's house. I was like, Logan, you coming to church tonight, you know? And then Logan's like, I was actually thinking about you today, too. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Boys, that's why. Boys, okay? But I love, you're going you're gonna to see other forms of this throughout this letter where Paul is expressing this, like, um, this love for this people that he's only known for a short amount of time. Anybody meet somebody like that? Where you just, you didn't know them that long, but in a short amount of time, you've actually, you, you get pretty close, yeah. yeah? This is kind of what happens, right? So, so here's a context. So Paul, they plant his church three weeks, and then they leave, and then he sends Timothy back to just check on them. How are they doing, okay? Paul comes, and Timothy comes back, gives them a report, and so Paul writes this letter in response to some of the things that Timothy had reported to him. So in this letter, Paul is going to be telling them, like, man, you guys are my boys. Like, you guys are my, like, I love you guys. And he's going to use some of the most, like, intimate language that you can read in the Bible. And it's solid. And it's not, like, awkward, 
intimate, but it's like, wow, this guy really does think about us, okay? So, we give thanks to God always. Yeah, when he says we, he's thinking about Paul, Silas, Timothy, like, you know, we're thinking about you. Constantly remembering you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father three things. And you can underline these if you want. Your work of faith, your labor of love, and steadfastness of the hope in our Lord Jesus. And so when I was talking to you about the, the persecution, yeah, I think the persecution that was meant for harm and death actually resulted in deeper growth. So you, you look at what uh, he remembered. Yeah, remembered before our God, our Father, three things about the people. Like this was their characteristic, yeah? That they had a work of their faith in God rather than just like, oh, I believe in God. Like they were working at it, yeah? In the three weeks, I think Paul did some work. Like, here, here's the scriptures. Do some reading. Here's the prayers. Here's what we do when we gather. Like, it was like intense class time for three weeks, you know? So they had work of faith. Uh, they labored for love, which is cool. And we'll read more about that in, in, in the coming passages. Um, and then steadfastness and hope. So you got to think, they, they had persecution, like right outside of their doors. They needed to be steady, you know? Steady in what? In the hope of the everlasting. In the hope that after this life is over, we're going to continue. Because as we're going to read on later is Paul talks about so they're at, they have this question. They're asking, what about those who die? Are they going to lose out when Christ returns? So Paul sends a, in this letter, like this is kind of what happens. They're actually going to rise first, and we're going to meet each other in the sky. Shaka, that's good, okay? So they had this steadfastness in the hope of the everlasting, Okay? All right, so this is, this is just soap, guys, okay? Tonight's message, just soap. I just opened this up, and I, I, so I was reading it, and then today I, like, studied it more, and then I'm like, where, God, you want me to talk about loving you, and then we're going to get there. But this is just soap. This is what we just practice all the time, okay? Ready? All right, so verse 4. Uh, For we know, brothers, oh, you guys are going to like this, okay? So this is another section right here. We know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. Okay? So let me just pause right there. Uh, he mentions three things. Yeah? He calls them what? Beloved. But he calls them before beloved. He says, hey, brothers. Yeah? How shaka is that? Hey, you guys part of the family. Amen? You're part of the family. And then he says what? That you're beloved by God. Not only are you my brother, but you're loved by God. Yeah? And then you're his chosen ones. So this is the fourth mention already where Paul is like really loving on them. Guys, and this is where our identity wants to, we want to rest here. We I'm hoping that by, by now, because not many of you guys are, well, none of you guys are like newbies. You guys have all been coming. I hope by now you guys understand that you guys are a part of this family. 
you know? That you guys will always be a part of this family, you know? I hope you guys believe that you guys are not only a part of this family because you guys live here and you guys attend, but because God has chosen you. God has chosen to reveal himself to you no less miraculously than how he revealed himself to Paul on the Damascus Road. So Paul was a persecutor. Like, he was the one who was going out and killing these Christians who followed the Jesus way. Jesus meets him on his road, and he's blinded for a period of time, and then he's revealed all these secrets in Scripture about how this Jesus was more than a man. If you have this revelation, I'm telling you, you're of a small percentage in this world of people who know that God is real and he loves you and he's chosen you. That's awesome. So before we talk about loving God, how about we talk about God loving us? Amen? Amen. Can you just tell yourself that, that I'm part of God's family? Whisper that to you. I'm part of God's family. I'm chosen by him. Yeah. And I'm loved by him. Yeah. I'm part of God's family. I'm chosen by him. And I'm loved by him. Before we start talking about loving God, how about we just reminisce for a moment about the love that we have from him? That's why we love others. Why? Because he first loved us. That while we were still yet sinners, yeah, Christ died for us. Yeah. For God so what? Loved me. For God so loved us that he sent his only son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Can you guys wrap your minds around that for a little bit? That we will have everlasting life. Amen? That's good, man. That's good. Okay, so so verse 4, right? For uh, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. And so Paul's like, how do we know? So Paul's traveling, right? So Paul's been doing this for a little bit. He, I mean, this was kind of his first journey, but he's already kind of seen God working. So how does Paul know that these people had been chosen? Well, he's like, okay, here, I'm going to explain to you. We know that he has chosen you, verse 5, because our gospel came to you not only in word. So he went preaching, right? But Paul's a preacher. As soon as he came to know who the Lord was, man, God gave him revelation into the secrets that were hidden in Scripture, and he just started telling people about Jesus. Some people received it, and some people didn't. These people received it not just by word, but when, the, when he started preaching, there was something else that was accompanied with the preaching. Okay, verse 5. But it didn't only come through word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. Yeah. Like he preached. There was power behind it. The Holy Spirit grabbed the hold of that word. Yeah. And massaged that into people's hearts. And then there was this deep inner conviction. And it looked like change. 
like you're, we're going to read later how they, they left gods. They, they stopped worshiping idols that fast. Last night uh, on this stage, we had, um, that's why the piano was on here. We had Sam Rotman, who's like an amazing pianist. But more than that, he's an amazing Christian. Yeah? And he talked about him. So he, his crazy story, um, uh, when he became a believer, his families were, were devout, devout Jews. He went to the school of Juilliard music where he studied piano and would practice 10 hours a day devout devout jew when he became a believer some some boys there shared with him the story about jesus and he became a believer there he knew that one of the hardest things that he would have to do was go back home and tell his parents who were more devout jews than he was he tells his dad his dad never talks to him again. Even till the dad's deathbed. Told the mom, you're not allowed to bring him in here. You know? And it's like crazy, you know? <clears throat> but when the gospel was presented to Sam, it came with this deep conviction that he was... He stopped swearing, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he was actually swore a bunch. Um, okay, we'll see you. Yeah. Um, and, and there was just change, yeah. There was just change. He came with, with full conviction. And like when he said, I was going to start living for the Lord, everything changed in his life. Yeah. Um, okay, let's continue. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. You know that what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example. Okay, so I'll pause there. So, uh, so I'm asking, right? So, so what is, um, what was the result for them? What did love... So they, they, their understanding in, in a short amount of time, right, in, in a three-week amount of time, they understood real quick that God loves them. Yeah. What was their response? Okay, their response was to love God, but what did that look like? Okay. The, the answer to that is, is what we just read, verse 6. Yeah. And they became imitators of Paul, Timothy, and Silas. Yeah. And not only of those three, they became imitators of Jesus. What does our love for God look like? Like because you love God, do you look more like Jesus? Do you act more like Jesus? Right? If God is loving on you all the time and you're just confronted with the fact that I'm chosen by him, I'm loved by him, that he calls me a brother, he calls me a son, he calls me a daughter, is the result of that gratitude that, that you have for that relationship demonstration, yeah, and Christ-likeness, like literally a Christian, yeah? Like what does your love for God result in? What does it look like, 
Like, is it easy for people to understand that you got something different? Is it easy for people, if they hang around you for a little bit, even if you don't talk about Jesus, to understand, like, man, this guy doesn't swear. He's not looking at odd things all the time. He's not sarcastic. He's actually really polite. He's helpful. Like, what is up with this guy? He goes the extra mile. He's not perfect. Like, he definitely has errors, but he has this, I don't know what it is. But can people pick that up on you guys? You know? For, for the, the Thessalonians, they became imitators of Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and not only of those three, but of the Lord, which is more important. Verse 6, for you received the word in much affliction. And, and I, gotta, I cannot read past that. So uh, I think they were in Philipp Philippi right before that, and they had to leave under affliction, and then they were preaching to Jews, and then they were... They were beaten again, and then they ended up here with the Thessalonians. And so the, the Thessalonians kind of came into this, like, it's one thing for me to be preaching right here. It's a whole other thing if I got blood coming out of my back right now because I've been slashed for preaching this gospel. You know? Like, I don't really like going to funerals, but I like going to funerals of believers. Because it's, I hear some comments from people that are just sharp. One of my uncles uh, who was in Hana, <clears throat> um, but he passed away. I went to his funeral, and there were some old-time Hawaiian uncles there. And, and in the midst of the message, a couple of them just kind of shouted out Jesus. And it was cringing to me. But these uncles, almost like a ha'a, like a, like a little like a little shout was just like, yeah, Lord, like, take my brother. Like, he's with you now. Almost like they're on the edge of joining him. Like what they're living in right now is just a blur. Like it, I'm here, I'm living, I'm eating, I'm doing my daily things. But this is so, so very temporal. Jesus, take you got them now. You know, just gut-wrenching. You know, and, I've, and I feel that a lot when I go to these funerals. Like it's, we, 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 we cry and we mourn, which is good and healthy. But we also have this hope, like we're going to see you again. You know, we're going to see you again. And so I feel like in this affliction, right, so verse 6, so Paul comes into it. And he, he receives, like they receive this word, but who they receive it from is Paul, who's enduring opposition. I mean, he was a life and death guy. He was killing guys for the gospel. And then now he was saving guys from the guys who's killing people for the gospel. And now he's using the gospel to save people. Like I'm sure his words were like sharp, you know? Like there's no fluff. It wasn't just like any other Sunday morning. Like when he's sharing with them the truth, they're like, oh, cut. Cut to the heart. Like, oh, man, I feel that. You know, like it came, yeah, and they received the word in much affliction. But I love it. 
also the result was what? What does our love look like? And you guys, we're going to talk about this summer. What does the love of God look like? Joy. Yeah? Like God came into their lives and then they're like, rah, I have hope for the future because my life sucks right now. I mean, they were living in a third world country. I mean, you think about 2,000 years ago, how people were living? Who knows? I mean, running water, like food, like, I mean, I'm probably pretty sure there was just numerous amounts of poverty around there, you know? And these people are like, man, I got hope, you know? I got a reason. And they got joy. Amen? Amen. Um, <clears throat> so the result of their love or the result of them being loved by God resulted in them became imitators of their disciples. They became imitators of the Lord. Um, they uh, had joy in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and check out verse seven. So that you, so that these people became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Acacia. So it, it's kind of like uh, uh, so. So the image is Thessalonica is an actual town, right? But Macedonia and Acacia is like all the surrounding areas. So it's like we got faith here in Kula, but our faith here is being translated all over up country and all over Makwal, I mean, all over uh, Maui County, you know, all over the state of Hawaii. Like that's kind of what he's saying. Like you guys became an example to all other believers, and I was only with you for three weeks. But that root of faith was taken in at a real deep level. You guys hear me? Like that faith was rooted. It was established. Yeah, it was like firm in there. Um, so verse 8. But not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Acacia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. And how, follow this, this is a result of loving, uh, this is a result of them being loved by God, yeah? Their love for God looked like this, yeah? How you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Heavy, yeah? I love it. I love it. I was reading this. I was like, man, so good. Yeah, he'll get there. He'll get there. But in chapter one, yeah, he's just like loving, like, hair. you guys are part of God's family, right? You guys are chosen by him. You guys are loved by him. And the result of your love for him, yeah, you guys became imitators of them being imitators of the Lord, you guys had joy in the Holy Spirit despite affliction. Yeah? So much so that they became an example. Like people are like, hey, you guys hear about what's happening in Thessalonica? Those guys are getting beaten for their faith. And rather than being discouraged, they're encouraged. And they have joy in the Holy Spirit despite the trials. Hey, did you guys hear? And then those people, hey, did you guys hear? And it just spread through the entire area, the faith that these people had in the Lord. And, and I love it that their love 
the, the fact that they were loved by God and, and the result of that was that they turned from idols that they had been worshiping in for who knows how long. Who knows how long? I mean, this is an ungodly world, an ungodly area. Who knows what kind of idols they were worshiping then? But after meeting the true and living God, who's going to save them from the wrath to come, they said, hey, man, I'm not going to serve a created thing. I'm going to serve the creator. Yeah? And so, right? So we're doing the soap, right? So scripture, observations we just did. What is our application? Yeah, so my question to you is what is your, well, back that up some. You know that you're loved by God, right? Timmy? Yeah? Jenna? Yeah? Logan? Right? We loved by God. So my question is, what is that, how does that play out? Are you guys being imitators of your disciples? Yeah? Well, let me just ask you this. Are you guys actually being discipled? You know? Are you imitating them? Are they leading you to Jesus? Is there joy in much affliction? I mean, if you don't have affliction, hopefully you still got the joy. You know? Is, is your faith resounding, like, beyond just yourself? Like, if people talk about you, are they like, bruh, that person is shaka. Like, I love those guys. They love the Lord. I know why. Because they can, man, they love me. You know? Like they just got a, something about them, man. Something about them. You know? They pray for me sometimes. Like, man, I don't pray, you know? I know I can go to them to pray. If I need godly advice, I know I can go to this person. You know? And they'll direct me to God's word or they're going to pray for me and they'll support me. I'm hoping that that's where you guys are at, you know? But you guys got to answer that question for yourselves. Because there's like this crazy love of God for you and you understand that and you've felt it and you've experienced that, what does that look like? Okay, so in our first series now on loving God, that's my question. God loves you. So statement first, God loves you. You understand that. You felt that. What is the result? So just think about that. Yeah, think about that tonight as we, as we close in prayer, but even throughout this week, man. Amen. Tomorrow when you wake up, Amen. like, is the first thing out of your, out of your head and your mind is like, God, thanks for this day. Yeah. Amen. You know, thanks for this day. Yeah. Before I even do anything, before I take a single step, like, God. And it can be short, you know. Yeah. It can be a short prayer. God, man, I just, Thank you. shaka, one more day. I got one more day. I got one more day. Okay.